This is Brother Julius Adeomi again. We are going through Luke chapter 8 this time. This is the parable of the sower that will be in this chapter 8. Verse 1, we go slowly as we read and we pause and give some comments. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Shusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. Now, take note of that verse 3. These women are ministering by of their substance. This is from their financial substance. They are ministering to the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, funding it, like funding it. That is an investment. You don't realize it. I was preaching this on radio in some of my sermons that you, when you give to the gospel, you are investing into the kingdom of God has come. These women believe this gospel and they are out of their substance, out of their financial provision, they are sponsoring the gospel. And that is a reward. You will be surprised when you see in the kingdom of God that some of these women will be sitting on thrones. Thrones ruling with Christ. So the way you serve him or not, even if you do, are not the one that go about preaching, but you are sponsoring it. You are you are investing, and God will reward them with thrones, with rulership in the kingdom that's coming. If you believe this kingdom is coming, that there is another government coming. Governments like this government of the world right now, if you know that this man is going to be the next president, you want to get a post in that new government also in this administration. Now we are telling you that the kingdom of God is coming, where Christ is the head. And the saints of God are going to be ruling with him. If you are investing in that kingdom, the Lord will appoint you to be one of the rulers, officers. You got a post because of how you are sponsoring his kingdom. That is what we are talking about. If you believe it, some people don't believe it, that's why they are not investing. They think they are just saying, uh, you think they are giving their money to the pastor. They give their money to this. No, they want to keep their money. But if you are giving your money to God by sponsoring his gospel, God notices and you are investing in the kingdom that is coming. You'll be given a post in that kingdom. That is what these women are doing. They are investing in the kingdom. You'll be surprised when you see them in heaven that they were sitting on thrones, ruling on the, in the universes that God is creating for, for the saints. God has already created it for the saints. Verse 4. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him, to Jesus, out of every city, he spake by a parable. Now, this is the parable of this called the parable of the sower. Verse 5, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell, on, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And others fell on good ground, and sprang up and bare fruit, an hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. 
And his disciples asked him, saying, Why might this parable be? Now, the Lord is going to give the meaning of the parable, so we don't need to interpret just read the meaning. Verse 10. And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables. Now, seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now, what did the Lord Jesus mean by saying unto you? That is, the disciples, when they give a parable, they will come back and ask for more explanation. Why the rest of the crowd, they just listen to it, they don't understand, they just walk away because they are not interested. And that's why I say it's unto them, it's just the parables to them. They will come and ask, they will come and listen to learn more. Those who are coming to learn more are the ones that are disciples. Like we are teaching this right now, if you are learning, you want to learn more, go to the Gospel of Matthew that we have on our, on our, on our channel. Go to the Gospel of Mark that we have on our channel. Go to the Gospel of Job, Gospel of John that we have on our channel and learn more. That's how you learn, that's how you get better and better. And these disciples came to ask more. Say to you that ask more, you'll be giving more. But if you just walk away, you don't understand it, you just walk away. And that means you are not interested. Also. And that's what he meant by to the others, they are going to be hearing only in parable. That they might see it, but they don't, yeah, they don't see. That seeing they might not see, hearing they might not understand. Verse 11 says, Now the parable is this the seed is the word of God. That's the word of God that the Lord Jesus Christ is preaching. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then come the devil and take away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. You don't understand it, but the devil just take it out of their hand. Don't, don't consider it, lest they believe. Verse 13 says, They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and this have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation they fall away. And you can see, say you believe it, but how deeply are you believing it? Because when somebody slaps you for what you believe, or they want to kill you, and you're going to turn away and say, I don't come to die for religion. To you, it's just religion. It's not a religion, it's life. He said, These are the people that are on the rocks. They have no root in themselves. In the time of temptation, the temptation can be that persecution, or it could just be your friends inviting you back to sin and tell you that you don't, and you very soon you fall back to sin with them. There is have no root. Verse 14. And that which fell among thorns are they which, while, which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. That is what we have to be careful about. That is, don't let your business, your cares of this life, your responsibilities, don't let it choke the word of God in your heart. You have no time for reading the Bible. You have no time to go to church for fellowship. You have no time to do all those things. Or you just can't afford to not take bribe. You want to believe but you can't afford to not take bribe because that's why you think how you think you are going to make your money. Or you can't afford to not give kickback to those uh, personal media just to make your business prosper. You need to do what everybody does. That means you are letting the cares of this life, the discipline of riches to shock the world that you say you believe you don't want to practice it. Because if you are not practicing it, you it's been shook. You won't produce fruit. Verse 15. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. Keep the word, bring forth with patience. There is patience involved. You have to be patiently producing. Or you may be time for reading the Bible, for praying, and all those things, all those efforts will bring forth fruit. Those are the patience. Not just to, you know, because you pray today, you are going to get the result to tonight or tomorrow morning. Be patient. Even sometimes those prayers are being stored up as a print for food for you. Verse 16. 
No man, when he has lighted a candle, covered it with a vessel, or put it under a bed, but set it on a candlestick, that they which enter him may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he seemed to have. The Lord is warning us that we are to take it, take heed to what we hear, even with the teaching that you have been taught. Hold on to it and practice it, lest you lose it and it does not prosper you, it does not profit you. Verse 19 Then came to him his mother and his brethren and could not come at him for the press. And it was told him by Satan, who said, Thy mother and thy brethren sang without desiring to see thee. And he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. Now that is how, look, our uh, phrase this one, you see in another gospel, either in Mark or in Matthew, that they actually came and said, they had these people, these Pharisees are trying to say, you know, this your son is out of his mind, you better go get him up the streets. And they tried to, actually came to take him off the streets, according to what Matthew or Mark reported. And that's why when they came, they see a crowd and they couldn't get, say, let's call him outside, let's come outside so we can grab, grab him of him. And he said, my mother and my brother, they wish to hear the word of God and keep doing it. Verse 22. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they longed forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep and there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And he came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased. And there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commanded even the winds and water, and they obey him. And the Lord, in this particular story here, the Lord said, Where is your faith? He was rebuking the disciples because they forgot about faith when they were on the lake. Because most of all, these men are fishermen that are, that are leading these uh, this disciples. So if they are fishermen, they are used to the lakes, and if the storm comes, this is how they will do it. Hold it over there, you roll over there, oh, roll over there, and they are trying all the physical means they know. They forgot about authority commanding in the name of Jesus Christ, because the Lord has warned us many times, you don't know when the, the natural suddenly turns supernatural, when the spirit is involved. And... Unless you take control of that spirit first, the natural has become supernatural and you will not be able to control it. But they were now in jeopardy, they now cramped to him and he just commanded the wind to cease. That will make those spirits run off. The king has commanded. But Siddiq could have done the same thing by simply commanding in the name of Jesus Christ for the thing to become and it have been obedient because those spirits will obey also. You see, but they forgot all that, they are using the physical means. And that's why he asked, where is your faith? Where is your authority that you know of? Faith works in every aspect of life. Now, verse 26. That is when you use faith, you first take care of the spiritual face. Somebody fall down in front of you yourself, say, call 911, call 911, that's physical. Why you first take authority in the name of Jesus Christ? And the man will recover. Before you say, call 911, let's go get the medical doctor to check him out. If you are running to 911 first, calling the, the medical doctors, the man may die while you are still doing that. That is very important that you remember why is your faith. Faith comes first. 
get take care of the spiritual first before you talk about the physical. Verse 26 now. We are reading Luke chapter 8, verse 26. Is where we are. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, they had met him out of the city, a certain man, which had devils long time, and wore no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. Now you say, how did the man know about Jesus? Because it's the spirit that's talking from the man. Maybe Christ has not even come to that side of the of the lake before. But the spirit, they saw, they knew who was coming. You can see in the spirit, whether this is Jesus, the Son of God. As Tony said, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oftentimes he had caught him and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he broke the bind bounds and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And he besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. Now, this episode here, where this, this uh, the madman in Gadara here was to be delivered, they said there was a spirit, and the man was possessed with a spirit, but he has demons, he has legion. So once particular Satan spirit has a bunch of demons that are that are going with that Satan spirit that they are like a, a legion of soldiers. That's why they call them their legion. When Christ said, What is your name? He said, Legion means there are many there. So they announced, even say they besought him. The formerly was talking through the mouth of one that man. Then they look like the whole crowd of demons all cry out like a voice of mountain to palace, or you know, just had them in the spirit. Then they should not be sent to the deep. But and there was an herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were shook. When they that fed them, that fed the swine, saw what was done, they fled, and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They also we saw it told them by what means he that was possessed of the devils was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country of the gatherings round about besought him to depart from them. But they were taken with great fear, and he went up into the ship and returned back again. Now that story there told us exactly. That when this man was delivered, those bunch of demons ran and entered the swine, and don't go allow them to go to the swine, and that destroyed thousands of uh, swine that these people are using for farming. Whoever owned a, a flock of swine that perish, now they don't know. He, if one single demon possessed person was uh, destroyed, was able destroying thousands of swine. What will happen to the other? Maybe there's another one on the other side of town. That if they cast that one out, who knows? Some other bunch of goose or a bunch of cattle, whatever is this. So they were so afraid that look, we don't want this type of power here. And Jesus Christ didn't rebuke them, he just went back into the ship. That man is delivered, he went back into the ship to come to the other side where he came from the Galilee. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thy own house and show how great things God has done unto thee. 
and he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done to him. Now, this is how Luke reported it. In the other gospel, actually, the man went and did that and reported Christ came back to that section of the lake again, the Capolis area, and they said the old people now are carrying their sick to come and be healed because of the testimony of this man. Verse 40. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, that is, returned across the lake, the people gladly received him for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood, 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood stunched. And Jesus said, Who touched? Who touched me? Now, this story here, according to how Mark reported it, he said the woman said within herself, after hearing testimonies of people touching this rabbi, and they were getting healed, she said within herself, you have to say something. If I may also touch his garment, I shall be made whole. And then she went and touched. That was a detailed explanation of it. But here, Luke just said, she came and touched and got healed. When all denied, Christ said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee and said, that who touched me? Well, everybody's touching you here. What do you mean that what doing by somebody touched me? And Jesus said, somebody has touched me. For I perceive that virtue is gone out of me, that is power. It could, it could sense the power living and the woman also is feel the power coming to heal her. And when the woman saw that she was not healed, she came trembling. Falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people what, for what cause she had touched him. And now she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. It is the faith of the individual that is drawing that anointing from the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have to remember that your faith has to draw the anointing. When you when you believe and you confess and you and you touch him, you are believing that when I touch him, I'm going to get something. That faith draws the anointing from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he said that you could feed the anointing going. So it's not something you can steal secretly and don't tell anybody. No, you've got to testify also. You must testify after you got the miracle. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ Thomas said, Who touched me? It's because you wanted the woman to testify. When you testify, then you become permanent. Verse 51. Verse 49. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Probably not the master. That was the daughter of Jairus. And when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. So they came and said, You don't need to call Jesus right now, the, the girl is dead. And Jesus Christ said, Believe only, fear not. She shall be made whole, just believe. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. Verse 52. And all wept and bewailed her, but he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they loved him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out, and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. 
And I prayed for Astoni. But he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. I mean, don't tell her what we do in this room, that is more or less what it meant. I said, well, what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? People would like to know so that they can duplicate the palace. It's the authority of the, of the power of God anyway. And the Bible said, they made a rose and told them to give us something to eat. There is the soul and body, according to this, so King David said, bread strengthens the heart of man. So they need something to, there's something, there's, there's food necessary to keep body and soul together. Because they give them something to eat. Maybe the guy has not been eating since he has been sick for days, you know. Now give us something to eat to strengthen the body. Now you can see that this story, the Lord Jesus Christ took authority of calling the spirit back to life. And he has given us the same power of faith to call the dead back to life. And it is in the body of Christ we are to believe and stand our ground against Satan, against, against death. And the Lord is the one that is going to do it, but we must be bold to call the devil back to life. So have you done one? Many times we have tried to look like we, we, have, we did something wrong. But the Lord God is still saying, don't give up. Just call the devil back to life. Believing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in his name, he's able to, he will do it. And he has given this authority to say, raise the dead, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, and raise the dead. That is the charge he gave to the, the body of Christ, the church. God bless you. This is the end of chapter 8. We shall continue this in the next chapter. God bless you. Amen.